All right, all right, all right. Welcome to another edition of Shabbat Lounge. This is Matt and Jake here coming to you talking about another Torah portion. And so this week we're at Jethro. I think it is Jethro. Or Yethro. Yethro. And it's Exodus 18, 20 through 23. So Jethro. Who's this Jethro guy? Uh, let's figure it out. And there we go. For some reason, things are not clicking. All right. It will pick up later. There it is. All right, so let's dive into Jethro. Matt, who was Jethro? Well, he was a concerned grandfather, worried about his children and his son-in-law. He was kind of watching from the distance, and I think he thought... uh, you know, that he, looking down upon his son-in-law, his son-in-law was too consumed and didn't wasn't spending enough time, I think, with his family. Uh, I mean, I just, you know, it does the text does not say that. Right. But we know how relationships work and we know how we are as men. And is it possible Moses was a workaholic? It seems he probably could have been. Yeah. There was definitely a lot of work to do. Yeah, and it seems like it would be in his trait qualities. You know, leaders tend to have those tendencies. He was a leader, and he he cared about the people. And yeah, he probably, you know, it's like so many people in ministry that get caught up, and they get caught up in doing that so much they neglect their own family. And I think maybe Jethro could see that. Moses couldn't see it. He's yep. like, hey, wait a minute. Yeah, I could see that. So, Jethro was a priest. Right. We know that much from the text. Um, But what kind of priest? So, uh, a lot of people would say that he was a pagan priest, and then he comes and talks to Moses. So, what do you think? Well, I think it's possible that we can assume that, and and not because... If you come from maybe a um, more a traditional Jewish perspective, you may look at this guy and go, hey, who, he's not Levitical priest. Who is this guy? Right. He's not a real priest. Um, but, um, you know, but it probably depends on who you talk to. But he does just kind of appear out of nowhere, and we don't know his lineage. We, don't, we know a little bit, but we just don't know. It doesn't say much about it, but he could have been like the Melchizedek uh, order of priesthood. Right. So. It is interesting that uh, they both kind of show up in the same way. It's like they just kind of show up out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And and when you, later we'll get into it, but we'll start looking at where Jethro comes from. And it's it's not super clear. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we get some idea, but just like Melchizedek, you do, he has no start, no beginning, yeah. uh, and no end. So it's it's almost more reasonable to think that he would he would fall into that category yeah because of this question you ask here would moses have listened to a pagan priest and i think by this point in his in his walk he's kind of beyond that yeah yeah for sure you you, just it is really hard to imagine that he would do that at this point after all the things he's done i mean he's let him out of the the promised land he's done some things here right and yeah it'd be it'd be like going back and listening to the pharaoh at right. the, this point and i just don't see that happening um and then you know the backstory is in jasser and uh y- you know it refers to basically 
Jethro um, had this sword in the stone thing, and it was the staff, and it was the like Adam's staff that had been passed down, and somebody comes along, sticks it in the ground, and it had been buried for years, and Moses comes along one day, he's like, oh, you mean this thing? Boop! And picks it right up out of the ground. And like everybody in the world had come over there and tried to pull it out of the ground. And nobody could pull it out. And Moses just lifts it up. And they're like, oh. So I don't know. It, you know, it's just in- interesting. Well, I do know, being in Texas for a while now, that certain times of year, you could go pull that stick out of the ground. Other times, it's like concreted mm. in. <laughs> yeah, that's true. true. You just pick the right time of year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Judges four eleven through 12. Heber the Kenite had separated from the other Kenites, the descendants of Hobab, Moses' father-in-law. Heber went as far away as the oak tree at Zayananim near Kadesh and set up his tent. So this is establishing the the Kenite lineage here. Yes, who are the, the Kenites, yeah, right. saying that he is a Kenite. Right, and then Heber is this descendant of Jethro. Yeah, so this is after the fact. <clears throat> right. And then more after the fact of Judges 4.17, uh, you may remember the story of the lady who drives the tent peg through the guy's skull. And uh, so it says, Meanwhile, Sisera fled on foot towards the tent of Jael, the wife of Eber, the Kenite. Sisera did this because King Jabin of Hazor and Heber's family were on peaceful terms. And he rested peacefully after that, after the tent peg went through After the skull. that nice warm milk. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think... One of the things we were trying to highlight here is that from the lineage of Jethro, you see these uh, uh, righteous actors mm-hmm. that are are following uh, Yahweh's will. Yeah, and working working together. You know, they're not working against them; they're helping them. Right. So, because there are other people that we see that come along that are connected to the family lineages that sometimes, or you know, most of the time, are working against them, direct enemies. And right, they, there's a pretty good case these guys weren't enemies right so something had come along that line that was was of righteousness and so uh it's not un it's not uh, a stretch to think that jethro was part of that Mm -hmm. bringing that righteousness through the lineage and another one is judges 412 with caleb right save caleb the son of jephunneh the kenazite and joshua the son of nun for they have wholly followed yahweh so, and Caleb is from that lineage too, yes, right? Yes, another descendant, maybe like great great grandchild or something. So, yeah, from Jethro. So oh, another yeah, right diagram that shows uh, where he comes from. From uh, Caleb comes from Japuneth. Then we just read about Japuneth. Yep. So, and some scriptures that go along with it. And then you have the first judge, Othniel. I mean, so it's a lineage that's. It's following Yah. And we took this off of the internet, and there's a mistake that says J-O-N. That's really supposed to be Joshua 14, 6 up there at the top. So this is the the priesthood model is really uh, what we begin to see. So we're going to transition our story a little bit and talk more about uh, the priesthood. And so what does 1 Peter 2, 9 say? However, you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, people who belong to Elohim. You are chosen to tell about the excellent qualities of Elohim, who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So, so the royal priesthood, that's the Melchizedek priesthood. 
So who is that? Who is this royal priesthood? That's us. That's us. That's right. Um, and and it wasn't new. Um, so back in Exodus 2019, you know, you've got the fiery mountain. They're setting the boundaries and they're saying, you know, you can't touch this. You know, um, you'll be shot. There's a petroglyphs of the real Mount Sinai, uh, Mount Jezreel. Was it Jezreel? Jezreel. Is that right? No, Abdul Allah's. Yeah. Abdul Allah's in it. Saudi Arabia. And there are pictographs of these people of arrows and it shows that hey you know you're not supposed don't to cross come, this. yeah don't cross this or you'll we'll, you'll get it's peligro it's danger <laughs> it's death um, you run through and uh, so you know right here moses is about to go and then the people are like wait a minute moses um you're gonna have to speak to us uh, we'll listen to you but we can't listen to him he he is going to kill us right so, and uh, then they said to Moses, you, you speak to us and we'll listen, but don't let Elohim speak to us or we'll die. So they're afraid to go near the mountain um, in, in order to accept this, uh, uh, this task that Yahweh is going to bestow upon them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the text doesn't say, but, you know, you have to go, man, I feel like he had to be disappointed. He's mm -hmm. just like, oh. Okay. Yeah, I won't come up here. Got it. Yeah. You know, it's just like, uh, you know, it's just like maybe your child who you want to go a certain direction or do a certain thing as they get older or something and, and you've given them free will or they're old enough to, to make up their own mind and you want them to pick this thing, but they don't. So, And they're old enough to pick and you just have to let them pick. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, it's kind of a meeting them where they are kind of thing. Yeah, it's definitely, you know, the father accepts them for, for where they are in their faith and they weren't ready. And he's like, okay, I clearly see this. Yeah. You showed me. Moving on, you get the Ten Commandments. And so he comes down to meet them where they are. And so they basically get the ketubah. So explain the ketubah for people that may not know what ketubah Well, the is. ketubah is like the wedding contract and the agreement. Um, the priest had a copy, the family had a copy, and it was uh, basically like the wedding agreement and contract that it's both like, parties are agreeing to, right. saying, yes, we're going to do this. And uh, It's like your vows, mm -hmm. but it had more importance than we put on it today in our culture mm -hmm. today. It's like, well, they said it, you don't have to like sign a contract about saying those specific vows. Yeah. And back, back then it really was blending to the two families together. I mean, right. it's, it, it was more than just this husband and wife. These two families are coming and acknowledging, you know, we're, we're tied together now. Right. We're bound. And, um, and so, this wedding ceremony is occurring on the mountain and the people at some point in the story, they do kind of repeat and they go, yeah, we'll do everything. Everything, everything you've said we will do. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And that kind of, you know, that's their vow basically yeah. the vow that they're making. So what happens on the mountain? So what next week we'll find out, you know, during the marriage ceremony, the bride is literally whoring herself on the mountain. Yeah. And this kind of goes. Wouldn't that into, make it? Would that make a good movie? Horror on the mountain. <laughs> horror on the mountain. Next week, find out for Sabbath Lounge and Horror on the Mountain. Yeah. 
<laughs> and you hear the banjos playing on the outro. Yeah. Can I tell this story real quick? Okay. Now, you know this story, but um, I just think it's hilarious. So we were at a Sabbath gathering, and oh, one of my kids said, uh, uh, oh, no, no, no. Someone, sa- someone said something about being lazy, and one of my kids said, laziness leads to whoring. <laughs> and everyone was like, that's hilarious where they even come up with this stuff. And they're like, well, I know Jake's kids. They're probably right. It probably says that somewhere. <laughs> and there was just this big confusion about where this even came from. That's funny. And in reality, what my child had said was hoarding. Like, <laughs> if you've ever watched, like, hoarders, mm-hmm. it's like people that don't want to, like, clean up the mess. Right. So now they've hoarded all this. It wasn't whoring. It was not whoring. There <laughs> But that, every time I think about that, it's it just makes me laugh. That's funny. Yeah. That's good. So anyway, the, it is a terrible story, and we'll read more about that next week. But this is Jethro, Exodus 18, 20 through 23. And bottom line is, read it for yourself. Think for yourself. Don't take our word for it. Don't take anyone else's word for it. You know, um, Take control of what you believe and and, and don't be the person that's like, oh, y'all, someone else just tell me what to think. No, no, that's not what Yahuwah says to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Right. Yeah, no one else can do it for you. But we appreciate you. Any other final thoughts? Uh, I did. If you go back to the uh, couple slides. Easier said than done. Let's give it a try. Okay, so when, let's see, so the Ten Commandments, right? Uh, He comes down and gives them the Ten Commandments. Go forward one. And this discussion about during the ceremony, the bride is cheating, and we'll get into that for the next one. But uh, I, I hear a lot about, well, he gave them these commandments that they couldn't keep. And wasn't about not you know not being able to keep them it was the whoring that's the problem Mm -hmm. it's not the i can't i can't do this that wasn't the problem Mm -hmm. so and then you know of course we'll get into that in some other videos and we have in past videos about uh you know the it gets in it starts to turn into well what why messiah and that kind of thing so yeah the whoring is a direct I mean, you can't be more rebellious as a young bride than deciding to go after an, another man during right. a ceremony while it's happening. I right. Mean, that's pretty rebellious. Right. Definitely shouldn't marry that one. Right. <laughs> Run away. <laughs> it's only going to get worse. Right. But um, thankfully, our father is much more patient than we are. Right. Because we would have, we would have been like, no, I'm not doing that. Sorry. But thankfully, he's very patient. So we do appreciate you stopping by and uh, giving Sabbath Lounge some of your time. And uh, we do appreciate if you could share this, if you can like this um, anywhere, any way you can. Right. Tell others about it. Yep. Give us the five star thing that they always tell you to yes. give. Or five hearts or likes or thumbs up. Or whatever the the what the dopamine hit 
just just uh just do it whatever the program wants yes give it. just do it <laughs> all right thank you this is matt and jake signing out <laughs>